Hey there, Bogus listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to this installment of the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, Bryce Shoemaker, a.k.a. B-Boy Bogus Bryce, staring at the beautiful friend of mine, Jamie Killsby, a.k.a. Hey, 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 what's up, nerd? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's me. I, I don't have an a.k.a. this week. I, I'm, I was expecting your a.k.a. to be... Hey, what's up? It's me, Bryce, the guy who had all the Ninja Turtle toys. I thought about doing that, but I didn't want to throw you off, but apparently I did. Anyway. I like that one. I, it's <laughs> it's so awkward, and it doesn't fit, and it doesn't rhyme, and it, I guess an AKA doesn't have to rhyme, but... No, it doesn't. I mean, on the Forever Bogus Podcast, we do like to rhyme at times. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, if, if we're feeling fine. But if you we're also, feeling fine. Um... Because you was always like the host that knows the most, the b-boy, the this, the that. And then just one week yes. randomly, you were the guy that had all the Ninja Turtle toys when he was a kid. <laughs> like, wow. What? Well, you can steal that for this episode if you want. No, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair You've enough. earned it fair and square, I believe. <laughs> I believe you are the guy who had all the Ninja Turtle toys growing up. Although I will say, my cousin, I uh, my older cousin Pete. Who, Terminator Pete? This is not Terminator Pete. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's his his name, Terminator is Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Okay. And he okay. was like, he was like pulling the wires out of the fucking, <laughs> you know, sky ride when we were in the land of make believe in the roller coaster. Right. He was yoinking the wires out. We were almost crashing. <laughs> but uh, no, my cousin Pete, I, he was like, um, he's with my older cousin, technically my dad's cousin, but we're closer in age. Um, okay. So I grew up hanging out with him and he'd always, you know, we always played Ninja Turtles together and he's been sort of regularly giving me. Little oh, wow. pieces of thi- of turtles that we played with together. That is uh, so awesome. When I was a kid. And so nice of him too. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. I don't. I haven't even figured out how to do the proper tribute yet. It's very kind and very sentimental. So <laughs> you will figure it out one day soon. I know. Well, today on the Bogus Cast, we of course want to take it way back to the rental store days. Take me back to the video store, brother. Yes, I think there's a lot of people in the in the n- nostalgic sphere. You know, on the internet here, uh-huh. or, or or even just in a personal way, that like I would fucking kill to go to an operational video store, and <laughs> we did. My wife and I did. We actually uh, we gave gave a lot of business to Blockbuster when it was on its last leg. Yes, we were we were renting from Blockbuster till about 2012 or 13, and God, I would I would kill to go back. I mean, Blockbuster. It's not that exciting when you have little video places. But what makes those places so special? I don't know. One of them is those goddamn tapes that you would, uh, you know. Yes. Oh, gosh. And and some of them you would not see for years. You would just like, you know, especially like the horror section you'd walk past. Oh, and yeah. You feel intimidated. <laughs> you, you remember what they look like. Yeah, it's like a little scary and a little scared. Yes. And uh, But they stick with you forever. And and some of them are ones that you did rent. And uh, but you know, aside from talking about the movies specifically and who directed them and 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 who starred in them, et cetera, like we normally do, uh, I just want to talk about the art of the boxes. Yeah, and we've been talking about doing this episode for quite a while now, and we figured now would be perfect timing because we see that a lot of uh, like family video and stuff are, are officially going out of business, so it's becoming more of like. It's becoming history. Yeah. A, a, a lot of the kids that are growing up in this day and age will never experience walking into a video rental store and smelling it and seeing this box art and hope that it's, it's, that the, the film inside actually lives up to the box art itself. A lot of times, as you find out, uh, man, the, yeah, <laughs> it does especially not. <laughs> in the horror genre, the, oh, yes. the covers oftentimes did not reflect Almost at all, what the movie was about. It was. There just, are a handful. There are yeah. definitely a handful that that does it justice. But overall, like they would do anything to to force you to watch it. And you're right. I'd say probably eighty five percent of the time ends up being pretty junky. Even when it's close <laughs> to representing what is in the film, it's it's still not exact. Like they almost never yes. get it exact. And and there is sort of versions of that that exist today. Yeah. Um, I was in Walmart the other day and I was browsing their uh, budget DVD section. <laughs> My favorite section. <laughs> yeah. Who, who would who doesn't love the Walmart budget DVD section? 
And they had a movie called Croczilla. Oh, God. Yeah, and, but they used the, the same font and the same color as the newish Godzilla. You know, okay. So, yes. And so they used the same font. So actually, if you look like relatively quick, you think it says Godzilla. And then the artwork looks exactly like – like they mimicked it exactly. Like they wanted to kind of trick you – to buy in this movie because you think, you know, somebody's grandmother out there is like, I'm going to pick this up for Johnny and it's right. thinking it's Godzilla and it's fucking Croczilla. And so that's like kind of the the new version of that. Fuck it. Hey, shout, shouts out to Croczilla. I don't know if it's necessarily new. Like, I feel like since DVDs were so cheap to mass produce, they would want to make a quick buck off of it. So they would use the worst graphic design art to put on DVDs. Yeah. At least with like VHS, you have somebody who actually went like hand painted yeah. all of it. So it looks amazing. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying that's a contemporary way that they trick somebody into getting yes. a movie. Yes. Okay. You know? Okay. I, uh, I get what you're saying. Have you ever seen like a, a, a Oh my god, you look at that art. It's like it's fucking amazing. It looks like the craziest horror movie you've ever seen. Beautiful painting, like you said. And then you go and you watch it, and it's just the shittiest shot on video, <laughs> horrible thing you've ever seen. You're like, how the hell did this even happen to my a, life? It's right just now. a trick. We could we kind of yes. because we grew up at the tail end of that. Really, the movies that we saw growing up had pretty close. I mean, if you grew up with like I don't know, Independence Day and Jurassic Park and stuff, you kind of had like, you know, you kind of didn't get ripped off when you saw the movie. Yeah. So we come from a world where like that's 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 out of bounds, getting completely ripped off by a movie because the art is so good and you put it in. <laughs> but also that's not to credit it because I love these terrible movies. Oh, me too. And I, I, I collect these tapes because of the artwork. It's half the time I don't even watch the movies. Because <laughs> uh, if you want they're art to, pieces, they're art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yes. they're relics. So, what what is what's a relic that you want to talk about? I will start with the most important relic of my childhood, and that is renting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle VHS tapes from my local mom and pop video rental store. Now, are these the cartoons or the live action movie? It was. These are the cartoons. Actually, um, all the ones I'm talking about today, I actually have in my collection. So I'm going to show you. So much color. It's so much color. Uh, The specific one I'm having in my hand is Heroes in the Half Shell. This is kind of the origin story. And this is the one that I definitely rented the most from my uh, local mom and pop rental store. It was a multiple, uh, multiple time... You know, oh, yes. Thing for you, huh? Yes. And, and like my parents, I'm surprised they let me do that because my dad especially got annoyed when I wanted the same thing over and over again because it wasn't necessarily cheap to rent movies back in the day. Like you can't just go to like Redbox and it's like $2 a day. This was like a $5 deal and you had to be back the next day rewound or they would charge you. Not only would they, they would charge you if you didn't rewind it and they would charge you if you were late. Exactly. And uh, my aunt, my aunt famously would take movies out and not return them for like months at a time. Oh God. And then she would need to be like bailed out by my grandmother because they wouldn't <laughs> let her rent anything else unless they gave her like 50 bucks. Like that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, that never happened. So my my mom especially would let me rent the same thing over and over and over again. But the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for some reason, always stood out to me. And I think it's because of the box art. Because it just looked so appealing. And the 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 art itself didn't really represent the the cartoon as much. Because it looked a little more polished than the actual animation itself. Yeah, I, I the, the 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 tapes you're talking about, guys. If you do not know these uh, video home releases of these Ninja Turtle episodes, you got to look up the artwork for them because they're like they're actual art pieces. It's they're they're yes. really wonderful. And there's a reason behind that, and it's because they actually had a professional artist named Greg Martin who did all of the artwork for almost all of the uh, VHS releases. And so I had to give him credit for kind of turning me on to TMNT even more than when I was. And just a little bit of background before we go to your pick. Uh, Greg Martin is also responsible for the artwork of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, oh, the, the, the yes. video game artwork, al- alongside many other Sega uh, video games. But, you know, I, I didn't know that, but actually, now that you say that, it, it is like obvious because they yes. look the same, they have the same style. Yeah, they, they almost look like they're in the same universe. Yeah, it's fucking wonderful. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. So every time I would go to a, or any rental store, I would immediately go to the kids' section, look through all the team and T tapes, and find the one that I haven't haven't watched yet, and then beg my parents to, to rent it for me. Oh, so hell yeah. I had to start off my list with that one. But what, what are you starting off your list with, Jamie? 
That's a great pick. I mean, we, we, we can't talk about our days in the video store with any sincerity without mentioning um, these uh, cartoons we grew up with, the tapes of them. Yes. And, and also, I, I like that you brought up the reoccurring rent. I mean, yes. the idea in a YouTube era, in a streaming era, the idea of going weekly and taking out the same – 15 20 minute vhs tape for five to six dollars every week is unheard of it's un, it's unheard of but we've all yes. done it if we grew up in this era we've all done it and uh yeah i mean i know you said you mentioned it too off the top this is a audio medium and we're talking about mostly visual things here but hopefully um if you have fond memories of the video store some of these things will ring a bell sure that brings me to my first pick i'm, I'm out of breath sorry <laughs> I could tell you're red in the face too. Are you all right there, Jamie? <laughs> Having a heart attack right now. Live on. Let me call 911 for you. I, I don't, don't even think... know Jersey's. How do, how do you dial 911 in New Jersey? It's the same buttons. It's definitely. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, I, I have a lot of uh, VHS tapes uh, and the artwork specifically that are so personal to me. I saw them in the video store a lot growing up and they just like, you know, really stuck with me in my head for years and years and years and, and formulated. Very much the movies that I would be interested later in life. But my first pick is sort of like an umbrella pick. Um, And I wanted to talk about VHS box artwork that, you know, with a little extra bells and whistles on it. Let's call it the, uh, let's call it the bells and whistles section. Okay, I like this. All right. Okay. So I'll start with one that probably everyone listening knows or at least is vaguely familiar with. Uh Uh-huh. And we have the 1998 Jack Frost, the horror version. <laughs> this was almost on my list. Yes. So what makes this one special? And and I mean, it's great artwork standalone. I mean, you have that wicked killer snowman on the cover who doesn't look anything like the one in the film. No, unfortunately The one in the not. film is just a snowman with kind of like an angry face. The one in the box's cover, he has a more skinny skeleton-like face uh-huh. with bright green he eyes looks more and big giant too. sharp teeth. But he does look way more – I actually, I wish he looked like this in the film. Yes. But whatever. You can't have your cake and eat it too, I guess. <laughs> but um, what makes this tape special and noteworthy to put into the bells and whistles category here is that it has a lenticular cover. Yes. Um, for people unfamiliar with the term lenticular, it's sort of like that weird uh, – you know, you get a card printed. It was like a hologram. You know, you'd be able to turn it and twist it, and it would sort of make a slight animation printed within the card. So you would get this Jack Frost tape, and, you know, depending on which way you you angled it, you got a goofy-looking snowman making a weird jacked-up smile, but he looks <laughs> kind of like a standard snowman. And then you turn it a little bit, and you see that evil giant teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that just took – you. You there's so many great VHS tapes and so much great artwork – but to take it that extra step that ha- – like it's it's an actual – it animates. Yes. In 1998, it animates. They did that also – this same lenticular style. They did it for like the Lost World, Jurassic Park. They did it for yeah. a few. Not as effective as Jack Frost. No. Because I remember seeing this in the video store and catching one side of it. I'm like, that looks interesting. And then, you know, continuing to walk but stare at it. And then it slowly morphed into the evil one. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, nope, yeah. Pass on that. It is, it is more than a piece of art. It yes. Is, it is completely interactive. Uh, hey, you want to talk about a way to catch somebody's attention with the box art alone? <laughs> yes. Have a fucking morphing evil snowman on the cover. Absolutely. Much like what they did with the goddamn Lost World Jurassic Park. <laughs> but uh, that's not the only bells and whistles style you would have. Uh, this one, I don't really know what the technical term for it is, but you've, I know you've seen it and I know you know what I'm talking about. And it's essentially um, when they raise certain elements of the cover. So it's almost 3D. Oh, if you yes. run your hand across it, it's sort of textured. Uh-huh. Um, so I've seen this on a few tapes. Like, it, it pops out and stuff. So the one I have in front of me is Black Roses. Mm, um, that one's rad. Right. So it's the, the cover is a zombie hand reaching for the neck of a Stratocaster guitar. <laughs> and the guitar happens to also be on fire, as if that was enough. And there's black roses and thorns running Hell up the neck yeah. of the guitar. And if you run your hand along the top of that graphic of that guitar, you could feel, you know, the actual bumps and the texture of it. Um, they also did this for The Mangler, another mm-hmm. horror movie. Uh, wonderful little effect. I like any time that there's a little extra bells and whistles to my artwork. But I have one more that I need to bring up in okay. the bells and whistles category. And I think this is the winner for me. 
I think I know what direction you're heading in. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. All so. right. Okay. Well, if not, you mentioned the one that you're thinking of. Sounds good. Because okay. I'm thinking of the Rucker Hauer starring Bleeders. Ooh. You thinking about Bleeders? Nope. I'm actually talking about another one. So perfect. I love okay. Bleeders. Yes. With the blood bleeders, inside. Yes. Bleeders has the cover has like these three monster faces they're sort of like these mangled goblin creature faces real pressed up close to the front of the, the artwork uh-huh. and that would be enough you would think like that's kind of a cool they all look like cool looking monsters like i'm interested enough but they've also affixed a blood bag oh, to the front so cool and there's actual a bag of blood connected to the front of the vhs box so you have a bag of blood that you could physically move around. And still to this day, the movie's like 30 years old. And you could still score one of these with the blood still, you know, it didn't solidify. That blood is still out there. Yeah. You gotta look it up. It's a Rucker Hour movie and it's Bleeders and the tape bleeds, my friend. What was the Bells and Whistles one okay. you had in mind? The, the Bells and Whistles ones that I had before I jump into my next one is the talking VHS tape of... Frankenhooker. Oh yeah, how could I not mention the talk? Yeah, you know what? I my my copy of Frankenhooker doesn't talk. I have the not talking one. Yeah, but yes, if uh, there is a uh, movie called Frankenhooker out there, folks, it's exactly what it sounds like. And uh, <laughs> the VHS back in the day had a little button on the front that you could press, and she would say, uh, "What a date!" date? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is classic B horror VHS. Oh like, yeah, mm, top and, that, of the and line. that's just a little bit extra too. That like. This made it really want to to collect it. It made it more collectible. I, I it, love that. Yeah, way more collectible and, and just caught your attention when you were browsing the aisles of that video store. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, there's tons of monsters and all Jackie Chans and all kinds of shit to look at in the video store. Give me a videotape that actually bleeds. Yeah, or talks back to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. So the next one on my list is the pretty much the one VHS that got me into collecting. And I've been collecting VHS since I was like a kid, uh, but I got more serious when I got into college. So like I've been doing it for about about 10 years. It's been about a decade since I started seriously collecting VHS. But there's one tape in particular, and it's mostly because of the cover art that got me into hunting for specific VHS titles. And this one is called The Video Dead. Oh, that is one of the most legendary VHS horror covers of all time. Oh my God, it is amazing. So You have to describe it to the people. I I will. I have a a PAL cover, which I'm pretty sure is the exact same cover they have here in the United States. Yes, it is. But it is a, essentially it's just this uh, old CRTV uh, with a zombie busting out of the screen. Like literally busting out of it and there's like all this lightning and stuff. Yeah, uh, all oh, around. God. It is it is hands down one of the coolest covers in my opinion and in, in my collection. And it's just a really shitty shot on video zombie movie that I actually particularly really enjoy watching. I watch it probably once every other month, and it's kind of also my witness test with people who uh, say that like I'm starting to get into some like horror movies. What would you recommend? I skip over like the the staples like the Halloween, the Freddies, and all that, and I go for this one because it's kind of a dark comedy. There's some really good practical effects in it, a lot of really good gore, and the storyline's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, which to to, to avoid that top tier yes. quote unquote horror, you know, because a lot of that's already been seen, but. Uh, yeah, I go for Return of the Living Dead. I go for uh, Evil Dead 2. There I go, go for that kind of stuff. Video uh, Dead, uh, you're going to make some people not fans of the genre. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, man, it is a wonderful looking uh, – it's actually one of the more rare tapes these days. Yes. Um, it, it's, if you're a collector of uh, movies on VHS, specifically horror movies, you know that that one's price is going up. And you know, I've, I've got a, a lot of good friends that are in the – the I don't know VHS the weird, community the, the the you call it you call it a community I was gonna call it a cult but um <laughs> kind of is nowadays yeah <laughs> but you know he he had a great point he t- I was talking to him about some tapes I was looking up that one in particular that's why I bring the story up as you know I'm like well I was asking him what he thinks it's worth should I pull the trigger on this one for this price and he said a tape is worth whatever you want it to be mm. because if you're willing to pay for it then that's what it's worth sure. 
Or if some other maniac is willing to spend $80 on a copy of Video Dead, then <laughs> that's what it's worth. Wow. I Thankfully, I only spent $10 on this at a flea market way back in the day. And you that was like really the first lucky. like real like grail, like holy grail I was looking for. And I got that. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm kind of pleased now. But then just wait. We'll, we'll get deeper into my, my pile here. And you'll realize what my actual holy grail is and that I actually own in my collection. But yeah, the Video Dead. Uh, if you haven't seen the the box art for it, please go Google it. I think you'll fall in love instantly, and you'll want it in your collection. I have two Holy Grails, and no, I have three Holy Grails, and I own two out of three of them. Nice. Uh, so I still have one to go on my Holy Grail collection. Then I guess I could die. I don't know. I don't know what you do <laughs> we'll after that. We'll find but, out uh, after you acquire it. So I'm going to go kind of back to the basics Maybe it's not so basic to everybody out there, but uh, if you are a B-horror movie aficionado or a VHS uh, aficionado or cult member, um, this is a very obvious one. This is not a very expensive tape, but it's the one that really got did it for me, man. This is okay. the beginning for me. This is Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yes. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the show and, and Bryce uh, – I have called a lot of movies my favorite movie on the show. <laughs> and <laughs> one that's one that's because I it, it's such a hard thing to to peg down, but all, you know, I feel like I have 20 favorite movies that are all really up there that I don't quantify as one better than the others. I sure. think, you know, uh Fargo, um uh An American Werewolf in London, like you know, these movies I love so much that I call them my favorite movie, but I don't have one that Evil Dead 2 is the one I, that really stands above all for me. Um, I can agree just, with you, especially like when you can pop that in at any time at the point of the day and, and watch it. Like you don't get sick of watching yeah. that movie. I got a uh, – back in college, I mentioned the Pathmark before on mm-hmm. our past episode. It was a local grocery store chain that had like this really bitchin' movie section – um, so back at college, I found a DVD of Evil Dead 2 in my Pathmark, and I still have that copy on DVD. Oh, wow. And what was so interesting about that is it didn't have a menu, uh, so when the movie ended, it just started over. How perfect. And so I, <laughs> literally, I watched the movie every single night to go to sleep. It was like kind of pre-streaming. Uh-huh. So I, every night when I was getting ready for bed, I'm like, I'll just put Evil Dead on. Or if I was working on art or I was mixing music or something, like I just always had Evil Dead on, Evil Dead 2. So I've seen this movie passively, you know, over a thousand times yeah. easily. Uh, and But let me talk about what we're here to talk about, which is the artwork of it. Because okay. I could do a podcast series on Evil Dead 2. Easily. Um, it's a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Uh, that's all I'll say. But the artwork is very interesting. It does fall in line with what we were talking about earlier with the – covers of the films not really matching the content of the film itself. But it's interesting because it's almost the opposite spectrum. Like, it's very minimal, I feel like. It doesn't really show yes. the full effect of the movie. Well, so here, let me let me explain what we have here. Okay. The cover of Evil Dead 2 it is a solid black background and is a close-up traumatic angle of this skull. But it's also half human face. It has human eyes and human mm-hmm. eyelids, but it's sort of photoshopped and blended to match with that rotting skull. And that doesn't happen in the film. Ash does turn into what is called a deadite in the Evil Dead universe, which is basically like a zombie version. Uh-huh. But it does not look anything like that. Um, but there is something really striking about his eyes and the angle of his face on the cover against that harsh black background that I saw every single time <laughs> I went into the video store. And and I actually, well, to be completely honest with you, I never really thought anything of it. I didn't think, wow, that looks scary or that looks intriguing. I just, it is impossible to forget when you look at that. Yeah. It's these big human eyes and human eyelids, but blended. So you're kind of looking at this weird amalgamation of a skull face and a human face. And it's it's Bruce Campbell's face. Um, but it is not reflective of the film. The film is, in my opinion, you know, top tier B horror, absolutely. Top it's of very the list. close to being a masterpiece, in, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I, especially it, for the genre. For me, for my money, it doesn't get any better than Evil Dead Two. I agree. It is so much fun. But this tape, it just the cover of it. You just 
it's burned in your head forever once you see it. And it's not that it's super scary or super interesting. There's just something about it. I think it's the dramatic lighting and the dramatic angle and the odd decision to give him human eyes blended. Yeah. You just got to look at it. It's so strange. And I also love, you know, there's a couple different releases that look almost exactly the same. It's just sort of slightly different organization of the text on the cover. What I'm looking at in front of me uh, has a three star from Roger Ebert, and it says, <laughs> "Kiss your nerves goodbye, Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to bring this one up I, just because it is really the beginning of of my interest to these kind of films for me. It's a and staple. It's a staple, and it just it, it. I don't know. You you could see it. I could spot this from ten miles away if it's on a shelf, and if, if I happen to be in a store that's ten miles long. Mm-hmm. And there's this copy of Evil Dead 2. <laughs> I can, will spot you it. You point it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to follow that up with a tape that I, I've actually talked about this guy multiple times on the podcast. And if anybody who's listening, who's a friend of mine that, that has come over to my house or, or to an analog Sunday, they're familiar with Dave Reaver. And I've been collecting a lot of his releases because I guess just to give a little bit of backstory, Dave Reaver is pretty much like a motivational speaker. And he would go to schools and talk about AIDS, staying away from drugs, stuff like that. Did he come to your school when you were a kid? He did not. Unfortunately not. I really wish he did. That would have made this story so much more interesting. But but he came out with a line of like um, cautionary tales, kind of, of, of VHS. He had one about abortion. He had one about drinking and driving. He had one called Exposing the Satanic Web. Whoa. And that's what I have in my hand right now. And it is one of the sickest covers. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it also does not make any sense at all. So on this cover, it says Dave Reaver Presents, and it has this huge spider web. And it has this almost. What would you say? What kind of spider that is? Maybe a. Um, it's a. It's definitely black widow or something. I don't know. <laughs> he has the anarchy symbol on his butt. He does. And he also has. If you look closely, he also has like the demon. Oh yes, goat that's uh, or, the Baphomet. Baphomet. Yes, yes, yes. So both of those images are on this spider that's in this spider web, and then caught in the spider web are two butterflies. So I guess they represent like innocent teens or something. I don't know. You have to describe the text treatment on the word Satan, though. Okay, so Satanic has this really interesting... uh, I don't say it's a font type. I don't really know what you want to call it. I would call it a text treatment. It's one of the coolest text text treatments I've ever seen. So so the S almost looks like a Z. The A looks like a really bad drawing of the anarchy sign. Well, you know what that S looks like? The S looks like the Slayer S. It's the exact oh, kind does. of S you would, you would carve into your arm. That is funny. Um, and then the T, yet, of course, is like the satanic dagger. Yeah. And then honestly, if you see it in the B there, it's a peace symbol, which yeah, that I don't doesn't fully make any understand. <laughs> Hippies are Satans. <laughs> Hippies are Satans. What does that mean? I don't know. So I, I really don't know what they were aiming for with this documentary i guess you can call it man they, they were trying I, this to this is so cool i'm glad you brought this one up this is way out of left field and it's <laughs> such a good cover <laughs> that's the biggest reason why i got it we found this at a thrift store and this is what instantly turned us on to dave reaver we're like what the hell is this we brought it home we watched it all the information they gave us in this little analog piece of slab analog slab is almost all incorrect they talk about uh satanic practices they talk about uh, satanic uh, images and and uh, TV and movies and shit like that and about it's just a cautionary tale during the satanic panic. So I, in all honesty, this is one of my favorite tapes in my collection just because of the cover and the content that's inside. And what's cool is that uh, Eli from Magnetic Magic Rentals. What's um, up, Eli? Eli, he ripped this and put it on his YouTube channel. So oh. for anybody who's interested in exposing the satanic web uh, presented, presented by Dave Reaver, go find Magnet- Magnetic Magic Rentals on YouTube, and uh, it's on there. And there is a an amazing score to this. Uh, Dave Reaver's brother is a musician, and he puts together this super metal uh, soundtrack for this exposing the satanic <laughs> world like it is fantastic oh, i think you would love it yeah i'm definitely gonna watch that when we finish up here you know i i wanted to talk mostly about maybe we i mean this if this topic if people enjoy this episode we could do this one a hundred times over <laughs> easily uh, 
But I wanted to stick to ones that either were video store mainstays or just things that stood out. But okay. now that you're talking about that, I want to talk about the Bizarro <laughs> stuff. That's um, my favorite. <laughs> I'm looking right now at a tape called How to Eat Lobster by main humorist Alan Smith. Dude, it shows I how to see that. easily pick out all the meat of a lobster. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And here he Why is, is on the cover. Why is that turning me on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What a great tape. Actually, uh, it's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Okay, how to okay, Eat a Lobster perfect. by Maine Humorist. What's a humorist? It's not a, he's not quite a comedian, but he's a, he's a humorist. I um, don't know. I have to Google that. Have you ever been to Maine? I have never been to Maine. I've never even seen the ocean before. Uh, oh, my God, Bryce. I know. I need to just go visit you. You can take me to the ocean. We can go yeah. skinny dipping. We'll figure it out. For real? You've never been to the ocean? I've seen the ocean, but it was like the Mississippi part. So it wasn't like that big of a deal. I never actually got to step into the ocean ever before. All right. Well, you let me know. Okay. Because, uh, and if you want to take a quick trip to the ocean, well, I'll, I'll send you the link to how to eat a lobster. Because that <laughs> is a Maine accent. That's what I was going to ask you. Because I, I had family that lived in Maine for a really long time. And we would go up uh, every Thanksgiving and uh-huh. sometimes in the summer. Uh, the summer trips are always the best. And you get uh, – every once in a while, you get a good taste of that Maine accent. I'm going to teach you how to eat a lobster. <laughs> I it's like great. that. It is good. But we're not talking about the – or I'm not talking about how to eat a lobster. I'd suggest you look that up. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, last time off air, Bryce, you and I were talking a little bit about the Criterion Collection. And um, yes, they could get really pricey. I, I, I understand that. But as somebody who – really loves film. I love how much care and effort they put into these movies. Oh, it looks yeah, like they're, definitely. you know, the artwork is restored and or remade entirely and it comes with all these great different little things and they really care about the films. And the VHS version of that in my opinion back in the day was the Elvira Thriller Video. Yes, uh, the big boxes. Yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, exactly. So non-VHS collectors um, if you're a VHS collector listening, then you know exactly what a big box is. If you're not, um, it is a box that is well big and, <laughs> and no, it's, it's a bigger box and it's filled with a little bit of cardboard to fill up that space, but it makes it stand out a lot more. And they have more room to put the artwork on there. They can get a little bit yes. more detail into it, which is fantastic. So these Elvira hosted thriller videotapes. It was mostly old horror films like the Cyclops the Monster Club. What am I looking at here? Visitor from the Grave. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, what does this one say? The House That Bled to Death. <laughs> they have Frankenstein. They have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mostly classic old horror. Um, and a lot of that can be great, but a lot of that is really boring. Um, <laughs> but the most important thing and the thing that we're talking about today is the artwork of it. And it gets just treated so well. All the original posters of these films, just as high res as you've ever seen them, printed super crisp, super clear. They're put in like a – they're all featured in a frame on the cover that looks sort of like a – I don't know, like a cemetery frame or something like that. Oh, yes. The border uh, of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Elvira is cropped next to it in some, you know – position you know <laughs> sexual the, position <laughs> the og babe yeah that that's the thing too so what's great about these you know we were talking before about movies that they try to trick you on the cover into watching their film by showing a a better movie <laughs> painted on the cover essentially yes. you know um this basically is trying to get you to watch this movie by showing a babe on the cover they're uh-huh. putting Elvira, which is smart. Very, <laughs> very low cut shirts. Um, all these movies have what I call um, desk scenes in them, and I've been watching a lot of Sven Gulli lately, and I've been watching uh, a lot of these old classic horror movies. And a desk scene is when they need to explain the plot or just fill mm, in time. Okay, and it's usually three or four white guys standing around a desk talking really slowly about what's going on. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of people going missing around here. But with yeah, the detective case, is looking into it. She was yes. always like on a very long couch with candles, like surrounded by candles and Oh, 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 oh yeah. you're talking about the No, no, no. I'm talking within the film, within the plot oh, of the film. You know, I they only gotcha. have they only have so many monster scenes, so they have to fill in the pad out the running time of the film okay. with just people talking about <laughs> what's happening. Uh no, yeah, Alvaro is the horror host and these VHSs uh included 
you know, her host segments, which are great. You know, if you love uh, MST3K or Sven Gulli or we've talked about Elvira's hosting segments in the, on the show in the past. Yeah. It was like some yeah. Halloween recommendations on our yep. To Be Ween episode. But um, this artwork is just beautiful. And these fucking tapes go for so much money, man. Yeah. One of them is like 60 bucks. Um, one time I was having a yard sale. It was only like a year or two ago. And this guy was looking at some of the tapes that I put out as I started clearing out my less rare ones or the ones that really didn't mean anything to me, you know? Uh Um, and he was looking at him and we got into talking about VHS and he said he likes it, but he's, he's not, he's, he's done a lot of selling, finding stuff and selling. He's not really interested in collecting himself. And he told me at the thrift shop by my house, five minutes away, he recently found about 10 of these in a bag for about, for four dollars. Oh my god! And I said, "Well, what'd you do with them?" I was hoping he was gonna say he still had them. He said he sold them on Damn. eBay. He made a pretty penny. I was clenching my fist so hard that my <laughs> fingers almost popped through the other side of my hand. Um, these tapes are amazing and they're beautiful. They're a great tribute to these old horror movies, and you know they got a little bit of titty on the cover, which you know if, it always if, helps. If you know your movie's boring, you put a little titty meat on the front. Exactly. A little titty flesh. Um, But yeah, I love these tapes, and I hope to one day have the whole set, but I am not a millionaire, um, so that day is probably far away. (laughs) Well, we uh, mentioned repeated rentals, and I have another one that's my second-to-last pick here that I would re-rent almost all the time, especially the series. And it is the Alvin and the Chipmunks Go to the Movies. Oh, look at that cover. And they, they came out with quite a few wow. of these. And uh, the one I'm holding is the adaptation of RoboCop, Robo Monk. Yep. And the cover alone, like, as a kid, knowing that, like, eh, my parents probably won't let me watch RoboCop. But they will definitely let me watch this, which looks exactly like the RoboCop cover. Yeah. If you've seen the RoboCop cover, it's it's RoboCop sort of stepping out of the driver's seat of the yep. of the police car. That's exactly what's on this cover, it except it's it's Alvin. It's Alvin, yep, yep. How come Alvin always got to do the cool shit? Well, I mean, his name is in the title. Uh, <laughs> true, true. And what's crazy is that they really they really do follow the storyline of RoboCop pretty closely. Like Alvin is a, is a cop gets killed while he's on the job and then gets created into a uh, robo monk. Jesus Christ. But they also did a bunch of other ones too, like Bat Monk, um, which was awesome. I, I have that in my collection as well. The cover has j- just kind of like your classic looking, looking 89, Batman 89, but it's Alvin as, as Batman. There's also one where they do Back to the Future, which was fantastic. You definitely got to see that. There's a full list of movies that they did adaptations uh, of with Alvin and the Chipmunks. But this is one that I would definitely go back to my rental shop and rent almost every single time. And, and again, in a streaming world, uh, a YouTube world, it is insane to think that you made yes. your, your mom pay $6 a week for a 15-minute <laughs> tape of the Chipmunks. But like, I don't blame you. We all did the same thing, man. And I love it. And I love it for that reason. And I think that watching these made, was kind of like my first exposure to parodies. Of, of movies and stuff like that. And then for uh, my teenage years, uh, up until like my, probably when I went to college, I would make parodies of, of different movies or TV series. Like we did the X-Files or the parody of the X-Files or the parody of the Matrix and stuff. And that kind of spawned from That's great. Alvin and the Chipmunks go to the movies. So thanks, you know, Mom. I, I love that that's your um, first foray into <laughs> parodies. Yes. I, I kept this very secret about myself for a very long time. Um, but I told it to my friend Matt over at Dinosaur Dracula and he thought it was funny. So the cat's kind of out of the bag is I actually saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. Hey, um, me too. You did too? Yes. Wow. That's such a strange thing to have in common. Yes. I, I thought it was really funny, but I didn't really understand the references until I saw Star Wars. And that was the same way with Scary Movie and Scream. Like I watched Scary Movie before <laughs> I watched Scream. <laughs> I didn't worry so much about not getting the references. I just liked that they were on a space adventure and it seemed to be lighthearted. Yes. You know, I thought that that was really cool. And I knew that it was supposed to be about Star Wars. It, it wasn't like I saw Star Wars. I was like, oh, now that makes sense. I never heard of yeah, this Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to avoid. I was like, I don't care. Uh, and then I, yeah, so uh, a great entry into uh, your humor, you know, when you, when yes. you, 
figure out who you are as a person and the things you find funny and, and stuff like that. Very and true. it's actually a great segue um, into the tape that I want to talk about, which okay. I'd be surprised, actually, if this is not on your list. I'm, hopefully, I'm not jacking one of yours. Let's see. Uh, did car- Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue? Oh, man. It's not on my list, but I absolutely uh, love that VHS so one much. Of my, one of my favorite tapes I own, I actually own a cut box of it. To non-collectors out there, a uh, cut box is... You know, back in the day when you would rent a video, they would cut the spine off it so they could fit it into that hard cover. Yeah, to um, keep it from getting too dusty or dirty yeah, or, or whatever. Or yeah. banged up, yeah. Yes, yes. And so I, in the beginning of my collecting as a VHS weirdo, I I preferred the cut box because it reminded me more of the rental store. Me too. It was usually covered in stickers and the spine said the video store or library where it came from. I thought that was really cool. It had like like the number where it was categorized and stuff. Yeah, it felt felt more archaeological rather than just spending $50 on a tape. It was like, I know where this came from. Yeah. You know, I can kind of maybe surmise how much it was rented and and all that. It's got some history. It's like some stickers on it. Yeah. Yes. For you out there who haven't heard it. This was in the 80s. They Ronald Reagan tried to take a stab at uh, <laughs> an anti-drug campaign. Um, and this was aired everywhere. And I think you could get this at free at like McDonald's back yep. in the day. And also if you went to the rental store and asked if they had a copy, they were forced to rent it out to people for free. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So what is Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue? It is all of your favorite cartoon stars – Across, all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. Across brand, across ownership, doesn't didn't matter. They all got together to tell kids not to do drugs. So on the cover, we have Slimer, we have Alf, um, we have Al, we have your boys, we have Alvin and his bros. Yep. Uh, we have the Smurfs. Uh, we have the cartoon, uh, the Muppet Babies. We have uh-huh. Garfield. We have Winnie the Pooh. Isn't Michelangelo uh, on the cover? I can't remember. I know he's in he's, the, the. He's cartoon. not in the cover, but okay. he's in the. He's in the. He's cartoon. in the cartoon. Yes. And um, so I have to bring that up because it's just bonkers to see. You know, knowing how cutthroat and cold blooded these companies actually are. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, they 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 like Disney, for instance. Disney. I mean, I, I don't actually don't think there's any. Oh no, Winnie the Pooh's here. Yeah. Oh, Disney. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. Disney even got involved too. Yep. He didn't bring his top players. He didn't bring Mickey, but he of course he, not. He, he let them borrow. Uh, and what's the name of the uh, the of uh, Scrooge's nephews? Uh, oh, um, Huey, Louie, and Dusty, Crust, Dusty, Crusty, Some, and Busty, something like that. And uh, <laughs> oh, he's going to bust. And uh, <laughs> but they're all here, and they, it, like the only other time you see this is in Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. When uh, Toontown, lo- yeah, Looney Tune characters and and uh, Mickey Mouse are cross paths and stuff like that. So it's very rare for this kind of thing to happen. But the movie itself is great oh. and like really scary. Like this, it's his older brother starts doing crack, uh-huh. and he meets it's like a smoke monster that kind of yes. haunts him. Yes. It's like forcing him to do other drugs. Yeah, there's a lot he- of singing in this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you're right. There's a little too much singing for my liking, but <laughs> it was a great movie. Actually, this was like the beginning of uh, – I don't want to say the beginning of nostalgia because I guess you're always nostalgic at some point in your life, even if you're thinking of you know whatever. But like pop culture-related nostalgia when I started yes. buying collectibles and looking into all this shit and researching. This was like really the beginning of it for me. Um, so it's special to me for that reason and I have my old crusty beat-up cut box from the <laughs> rental store. I actually, it might have been from a library. I have to dig it out. But wonderful tape cover. Uh, you never see these characters all working together. No. And it was great to see them do that. But yeah, do you own this movie, right? I do. And it's a great cover. And I'm glad you put it in uh, your list for that reason. Because it has everybody on it. It literally does. And if you have yet to see this cover, please just pause the podcast or keep it going. And go Google it just real quick. You'll be very impressed. That's for sure. He says... An Academy of Television Art and Sciences presentation. So generally that means that like the government paid for it to make it happen, yep. which is That's great. Correct. Which is there's perfect. Actually, there's an introduction from Ronald Reagan and yeah. was it Nancy? Nancy, Nancy Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. yeah. They're like, uh, uh, don't do drugs and uh, save all the special needs kids. It was really weird. Intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you're probably – but it's, it's also strange. Like some of the characters are popping out of the cartoon, but other ones are – Live versions of toys? 
Like yeah. I think Garfield is a isn't he a phone? Isn't he a Garfield phone or something like that? I think or, or is a Garfield he, lamp or something? It's very strange. Like yeah. it's the movie or the short itself is definitely like an acid trip. Like you, you for four twenty this year, find a copy of it. I'm sure oh, it's on YouTube. And it's not a bad idea, buddy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, all right, great cover. Well, well, I can't go without mentioning my last pick here. I think too many people would be upset. And uh, that is Street Trash. Oh, Street Trash. This cover, dude. This cover is one of the biggest reasons why I still collect VHS. Because I want to find something that that beats this cover. And it's almost impossible. Um, For those who may not be aware, Street Trash is a a horror comedy that deals with, like, the homeless community. And the cover has this guy who's on the toilet – and he's reaching for like the the pool cable to flush the toilet, but it looks like his hand got detached, and there's all these different colors and stuff. But the font type of the street yeah. uh, street trash title is phenomenal. It God, is a so cool. it is a notoriously slimy movie. It is every scene is just like slime and goo and sludge and people melting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's wonderful. I I gave a I gave a I have a, a big box re release of this. I almost got that. Um, and I gave to good friend and listener Rob. He so oh. that was a a Christmas gift for him. And uh, he said he caught his wife watching it on her own on several occasions. <laughs> I uh, love this movie. I will say that like this is probably my Evil Dead too. I can watch Street Trash back to back and not get bored with it. And I find something new with every viewing of it. I love that gritty New York sort of like. Yes. Underbelly kind of feel. Love that shit. And I love how they uh, perceive or how how, uh, the homeless community interact with each other and the the different uh, plots and stuff. Because there's like four different plots that's going on during during this movie. There's a plot A where – there's a homeless brothers that are trying to kind of break out of their homelessness to kind of make it in the real world. There's there's one where it's like a, um, a liquor store owner that finds this viper that in like the dark depths of his basement that he's selling to the homeless people. That's literally causing them to explode into different colors. I uh, love that. There's that uh, that veteran that's a homeless veteran that's kind of controlling the homeless world. Uh, there are just so many different pieces to the plot, and I love how they all kind of they, they all uh, interact with one another by the end of the film, and it's beautiful. I, I love this movie so much. Just like with your Evil Dead Two, I could probably focus a full podcast series on this movie alone. Yeah, let me give you a triple feature. Okay, street, let's do it. Street Trash, uh huh. Chud, yes, and the stuff. Perfect, because they all Perfect. have a uh, heavy homeless. Yep. I don't know. That that seemed to be like it's the, all ooey gooey, ooey, yeah. and and it, it, there's not a whole lot of blood in this. That's what I love about it. Like it's just all these crazy colors, like neon colors that are pretty much in place of this blood. So it doesn't of, need blood. Yeah, it's so, great. so think the goriness from Evil Dead Two, but with neon colors. It's phenomenal. which is yeah, that's a great way to describe it. And that cover. Let's get another look at that real quick. That yes. is. Uh, just wonderful. It is. It's got this overall blue color to it, and I don't. Yes. I think that's natural. I, that's not from aging because a lot of these nope, VHS. It's natural. Oh yeah, it's so it's natural. like it's naturally blue color. Yeah, you got uh, that really bright uh, text treatment of the logo down in the bottom. That orangish yellow uh-huh. that st- pops on that. It's a, it's a great cover. It's a great it's piece fantastic. of art. Like that. Sh- that you should own a poster of it. Absolutely, I, I do actually. You want to see it? Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here in my office. Right. No there. shit. Street, you really street do street have trash. it. It looks I even better to, blown dude. up like that it's it's fantastic and wow. like i said I, I can't go without talking about that um you know it's kind of the top of my list fuck yeah dude well what's the last one on your pile man i want to end this on a high note well i have to bring it back to basically that same situation i was talking about earlier which is just ones that i used to see in the rental store all the time that never left my head and uh this one is you know before Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, dude, ah, dead alive. Dead, dead alive, alive. Yeah. yes. This is a really, really, really great horror movie, but the it cover is. just Iconic. really stands out to me. Yeah, yeah. It's so – let me explain it to you. The cover of Dead Alive, the VHS cover, look it up if you haven't seen it. It is a woman who has her hands stretching her mouth apart, if you can imagine, a gape, sort of like Goatsy pulling his butthole apart. Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah. She's pulling her <laughs> mouth open as wide as she can with her hands. 
And inside of her mouth is this weird, kind of tiny, cartoonish skull with these big, bright blue human eyes. Really, yes. really strange. It used um, to scare me as a kid. Like, I would this, avoid looking at that cover. This when scared I was in the me as a kid. Store. And that's the thing, too, because. I would see this and and I would think that that's what the film is about. Like this woman who like vomits up little skulls or like, <laughs> you know, little skulls appear in her mouth because she's got these really shocked eyes, uh, you know, while she's stretching her mouth apart and this, this little tiny skull man. I don't know. How big is the skull? The skull is about the size of like a baseball. Maybe. You know? It, yeah, it, you yeah. Know? And it's in her mouth popping out, getting a little peek. Um, <laughs> it kind of – runs the same you know sort of spectrum as evil dead 2 where it's like kind of a off weird photoshop it's not a painting it's no. it's just sort of a weird photoshop that's like it's kind of wrong it doesn't look right you know like if you Especially look at the proportions it, like the proportions are way off the proportions are way off like i don't know is that supposed to be her skull popping out of her head through her mouth probably not because there's two sets of eyes I don't really know what that is. It doesn't matter because it grabs your attention. That's all that matters. I think that's all that it was supposed to do is to grab yes. your attention because this doesn't appear in the film. There's nobody who coughs up a small skull at any point. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of shit. Based, let's put it this way. If you've never seen Dead Alive, you, when you watch it, you'll forget all about this cover. There's so much yes. shit that happens in this movie. It's not going to matter that this cover doesn't happen in the movie. This this movie is fucking bonkers yes. and it's wonderful. Yes. And uh, – <laughs> It's an early entry for Peter Jackson, uh, Kiwi filmmaker Peter Jackson, who would go on to make Lord of the Rings and King Kong and yeah. all these massive movies. He started off on a really small scale with um, Dead Alive, taste. Meet the Feebles, Bad yep. Taste. Yep. Uh, wonderful, wonderful movie. It is just forever burnt into the back of my eyeballs. Me too. Browsing the video store on a Friday night after school. I knew it wasn't going to get it, but you have to look at it anyway. And, when was uh, the first time you actually watched it then? Were you were you more of like a teenager or something? You weren't a child, yes. were you? Okay, okay. Yeah, I I, uh, I got into B-horror. I don't know. I, I My mom was always watching slashers and stuff. You know, it was like her favorite sort of genre. Okay. So I was not really um, unfamiliar with the stuff. But I found the stuff that I liked more was – it had sort of like a comedic edge to it, a little slapsticky or a little bit didn't take itself too seriously. So I was always kind of seeking that out. And I didn't I didn't catch this one till later. I think I was in college when I saw this one for the first time. Wish I'd seen it sooner because I would have solved that. I wish I saw it as a kid, actually, because <laughs> it would have just ended that whole thing right there. Because my whole life I'm like, oh man, what if I one day have to see that movie where the lady throws up the little skeleton? <laughs> it's like, no, well, that never happened, so don't worry about it. You know, it was That's like the hilarious. same thing with um with uh, I don't know we probably talked about this on the show before, but uh, I, I rented when I was a kid. I rented Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, yeah. And I didn't. I never even watched it. I just played around all <laughs> night with the idea of watching it. Like I I was alone in my room and I kept sort of like I'm gonna watch that movie. It's gonna be really scary. And I kept sort of just wa- you know I, I don't know how old I was. I must have been ten or so or, or nine or something. And just thinking, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm, I'm going to put it on. So for like hours. And it was actually a better experience than watching the movie in a way. Because sure. I got, I got a full evening out of it. Literally like five hours in my room where the thing was like, I'm going to put that movie in soon and watch it. <laughs> you know? Well, So did you end up watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Not that time. I just returned it. Uh, okay. I just, uh, but, 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 I you, see- but you eventually did. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's, it's, okay, it's okay, uh, okay. Chiodo Brothers doing their shit, having a great That's time. Right. That's right. But uh, it's it's fine. It's perfectly fine. But same thing, you know, Dead Alive, man. Um, wonderful cover. Does not reflect what happens in the movie, but it just is. It does its job, which, you know, because back then you didn't really – they couldn't afford to put – they still can't afford to put B-movie trailers in big movies. You know, when you go to the movies now in a, in a non-pandemic world or whatever, you don't see – trailers for psycho gore man no you know how do you get people to see those movies well nowadays they have youtube and they have twitter and they have instagram they could sort of you know narrow down on people that would be interested in b movies and stuff you know i psycho gore man found me before i found it and psycho gore man yeah, being the, the 2020 here. movie they they found me on twitter and because uh, they i guess all the, the shit i talk about horror movies so they knew <laughs> i would love it and i do it's a great movie um, but they didn't have YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and shit back then. So what do you do? Well, you put out a movie and you give it a wicked cover that you can't miss 
and you fucking hope for the best. And hope it goes viral. <laughs> dead alive. Yeah, yeah. Dead alive. And and I guess that is the eighties and nineties version of going viral is having an entire generation of kids not being able to forget the artwork on your box. So true. And I actually have a I copy should, of we should have, We should have said that at the top of this. We should have. Maybe yeah. I'll isolate that. We'll kick off the show with that, and then we'll jump into our intro. How about that? That's cool. I, I love that there's like little connections to each of these uh, VHS, and like you have a history of them. Like seeing the stickers from the rental stores, or uh, having a story of finding it in a thrift store, or in a random box, or something like that. And so that's why I love that there's it's VHS is more than just the box art. VHS is more than just what the movie that's in the uh, analog slab itself, you know? There's a lot of history, a lot of personal history, a lot of sentimental value to each one of the uh, of their uh, picks for today. And I, I love hearing that. Yeah, we talk about that on the show all the time, is how something as simple as an image or a movie uh, can trigger all these memories and stuff. And, you know, like, I have this memory of, I must have been, like, fucking three years old, and... um I was on vacation with my whole family, you know, like, like some extended family too. And uh, my aunt rented little monsters for that we watched. Nice. And like, that's the only thing I remember from that vacation because I was like three. You know, I remember walking <laughs> up these stairs on the house and watching little monsters. So, you know, artwork and movies and all that shit, it could really trigger thoughts and where you were and what you were doing at certain times of your life and what was important to you. And uh, so many of these – I mean, everything I mentioned today is is – as dumb as some of them are, is very, very important to me. Absolutely. And we want to hear from you, listeners. Like, if you, after you listen to this episode, please post your favorite VHS covers on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and tag us. Uh, Jamie and I are working on, like, a listeners episode as we get, grow closer to the end of, of this season. And we'll definitely share that with, with everybody here on the podcast. I think that would be a lot of fun to do that. Definitely. I mean, there's so many great movies. I mean, there's no way we could do this in an hour and hit all the ones that were cool or meaningful to us. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So let's know what we missed. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, for the remainder of this month, um, we have a couple great shows lined up and then for March, we actually have some special guests coming on the show. I'm not going to reveal quite yet, but we're definitely gonna be talking about butt rock. <laughs> so mm-hmm. excited about that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then of course we're going to be wrapping up, uh, the season, uh, with half Halloween as we kind of grow closer to summer. And uh, that will be in May. So we're actually getting pretty close to the end of the season. I really cannot believe, can't believe that at all. It's gone very fast and it's been a great year. I think uh, I'm so thankful for everybody who continues to listen. Absolutely. Sort of uh, gives a reason to do this beyond just having a good time. And uh, thank you for listening and enjoying, man, for real. And with that being said, I want to uh, remind you, if you feel up to doing it, uh, rate us, uh, review us, leave us a review um, on any of the platforms, specifically the iTunes. I guess that's what uh, people care about the most. So if you have some time after the show, please do that. We would really appreciate that. Until next time, be kind. Rewind. <laughs> Always remember to rewind those tapes. Got to rewind. We'll all stay. We got the host, Rash Shoemaker, Nutty Light Bay Booth, Candy Bars, Any Takers, and Austin, all the VHS tapes. I'm feeling really great, I'm hoping y'all great. Flea markets, yes, one for a nickel. Complain about Rwanda sounding like Angelica Pickles. Watching P and P, maybe Malcolm in the middle. Sail on Gary the Snail, Mr. McNeely, I hope one of these days you could bring me my mail. Eat count, shot your little you hoover, order pale ales. You want dope and diamonds, I got my bling with sales. Thinking I'ma get riders, but we're still a prevail. I got dope rhymes for the VHS community. Got some lunch meat for you, Nimrods. Rat game, speed jobs. I'm that PG style, the distant, eat my socks. Ox, dragon slayer, modified with lasers. What we need right here is some good old taters. Back to back clamshells of the Cape Crusader. The one from the 90s as well as beyond. You're an asshole if you play as a job and change.